Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Good evening, Slasher fans. You're here with a brand new episode of Slasher Studios Horror Podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Andrew. Andrew, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. A kick and a cold, but you know what? It's October. You know, it's the Halloween season. I'm all for it. How are you? Doing pretty good. Yeah, uh, this this has been an interesting year when it comes to weather. Um, it's been like, I mean, like it just like last week, it was like up to like 90 and then all of a sudden we're having like low, like, you know, like freezing temperatures and it's just like, okay, well just make up your mind and just kind of stick with one. Uh, we really kind of are missing out on uh, this kind of spring in the fall where it's kind of like nice. Um, and yeah, it's just, everyone's getting sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and it just it sucks, but you know what? I would rather be sick at the beginning of October than around Halloween. That's true. I mean, at least you know, build up build up your immune system, and then once it gets to like the the, the better part of the month, when you know it's time to really kind of kick into the horror, um, yeah, you'll be feeling better by then. Mm-hmm. I already started my um my thirty one days of new horror. Um, I actually watched two today, so we've got a, a list of, I've got some, some movies, but yeah, um, I, I, I'm just excited. You know, they're getting Halloween stuff out, and it's, you know, movies are coming out. Apparently, Happy Death Day is tracking really, really well, but I'm just, I'm tired of seeing everybody, like, complain about how it's PG-13. Okay, my feeling on this movie being PG-13 you're not going to see any gore because right before she dies, she's going to wake up and start the day over again. So why does it need to be a hard R if she's the only one being killed? Yeah, that right. doesn't bother me so much as that. <laughs> I, I'm a, I'm afraid that the the trailer gives away too many major moments, but I'm not going to know that until I watch the movie. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you definitely on the, the PG-13 and everyone was bitching too about the PG-13 for the final girls and everyone ended up loving that. Mm-hmm. Well, except for, you know, the, 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 some people that are, you know, PG-13, I'm not going to watch it. And then when they finally do watch it, anyway, it was PG-13. I didn't like it. Meh. Yeah, it just seems, you can I mean, never yeah, we're kind of getting stuck Exactly. You know, you're always going to have like those, those naysayers out there that are, you know, going to find a reason to, to bitch. Um, hopefully it's good. I mean, I plan on seeing it, if not opening weekend, hopefully or shortly after that. Just got my movie pass card, so I've been catching up, catching up on a lot of movies. Um, but yeah, it's, it looks, it looks definitely promising. I think it looks fun and yeah, hopefully, hopefully it'll do well because this has been, a good year for horror. Um, yeah, we got a lot of movies to talk about on this week's show. Some of them good, some of them not so good. But yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to that one. Yeah, me too. So, what have you? Watched so, I suppose. Um, yeah, I guess we can just jump right into our list. Um, I suppose. Well, maybe maybe wait for like the ones that I know that we both seen towards the end. Um, did you get a chance to watch Mother yet? I haven't seen Mother yet. I was supposed to go see it, but then something came up. It's just been the, the story of my life the last weeks. It just seems like every time I'm ready to do something, something happens and everything blows up, and I don't have time to do anything except for watch movies. Thank God. <laughs> Yeah, I watched that last week. Um, yeah, I definitely know how that is. Um, I was not a fan. It's it's very ambitious. It's very artsy. It's very well crafted. Uh, I just found the story to be extremely hollow. Um, I mean, it's very, you know, 
that's very, you know, symbolic and, you know, there's biblical metaphors in it and it just, without giving it too much away, um, I think my biggest problem with the movie is that it seems like, you know, the movie, the movie just kind of plays on repeat where, you know, okay, well, someone will show up and she's all nervous and she's, you know, wondering what's going on and then somebody else shows up and it just, it's kind of a, you know, it just kind of adds to that and every kind of scene just kind of plays as its own entity and there's no real kind of build up. And then in the last act kind of all shit goes crazy um, and it, it all hits the fan. And I, I admire it for being ambitious, but yeah, the story did nothing for me. I mean, Jennifer Lawrence is really solid as the lead. You know, it's great to see Michelle Pfeiffer, although she's got one, her, her first scene of the movie is excellent. It's really good. And her and Jennifer Lawrence have some really great chemistry in that scene. And she's a really good kind of, you know, cold, calculating, you know, drunk bitch type character. But then after that scene, she's pretty much just around to kind of give like disapproving, you know, looks at Jennifer, which it's just like, okay, well, you know, you built this up to be this really good character and then you just don't do anything with her. And I mean, it's, it's not, you know, spoiler heavy because I won't do what happens, but, uh, you know, she appears maybe, you know, a third of the way into the movie and by the halfway point or maybe a little bit after that, I mean, she's no longer in the movie anymore. So it's just, okay, well, you know, she's got maybe 10 minutes total of screen time and she does a good job with what she has to do. But after that first scene, it's, it's just kind of, eh. and that's kind of how I would sum up the, the movie as a whole. Um, do they at least address the age difference between Jennifer Lawrence and Javier Bardem? Because that was one problem I had with it is the fact that there's like over 20 years in age difference, and I just didn't really understand. I thought she was too young to be playing that role to begin with. Because like when you want like like I mean I was getting Rosemary's Baby's vibes, obviously. I haven't seen it, but you know it would have made sense if they were the same age. I mean, there's plenty of actresses in their 40s that could have done that movie, but I, I don't know. I haven't seen it, so. Well, um, I mean, that, that's kind of a, a two-sided. Uh, the first part of it is, yes, it is addressed um, pretty much. I mean, Michelle Pfeiffer makes running kind of jabs at Jennifer Lawrence, making fun of her in the age difference. Uh, so it definitely is kind of, um, it's, it's, they, they acknowledge it, at least they do with her character. And oh, for the, the age difference, yeah, they, it's definitely not like, uh, oh, well, you know, they're this happy young couple. No, like they're, you know, I think it's like maybe the second or the third thing out of her mouth is, you know, something about, you know, oh, well, you know, I can understand why you guys don't have chemistry. You know, you guys got a whole generation between you. Okay. Well, because, I mean, I just, I didn't know if that was going to be part of the story or if it was just going to be, like, the new Tom Cruise movie where he's 55 and his wife is 27. <laughs> like, that's just, it's just getting tiresome. So that's why I was just, I didn't know if it was going to even be acknowledged. But from what you said, they do acknowledge it at least. So I like that. But, yeah, I mean, I'm going to check it out. I just, I don't know when. probably when it hits VOD. Yeah, I mean, it's beautifully shot. It's got, a, it's got some really interesting ideas here and there. And this is one of those movies that the story just didn't sell me. If the story sold me, all of the other pieces, I think, would connect. Um, and it just, it really didn't. I, I understand the, the critique that this movie is tr trying to make. And I mean, they, they even kind of acknowledge it with the, the whole age difference too, of the, oh, well, you know, he's this, you know, he's this up and, you know, he's this writer who's got, you know, the fan base and she kind of symbolizes like the, the, the ingenue, the, the young, you know, buddy, you know, oh, I'm pregnant for the first time versus him. And it's just like, okay, well, I just want to kind of focus on my work. So, I mean, there is kind of a reason for it. 
But yeah, it's just by the end, I I will say without giving without giving it away that while I didn't like the final act, the final like two or three minutes of the movie is beautiful, and I liked how they wrapped it up. It was just kind of that thirty minutes beforehand where it just kind of it, everything goes nuts and I appreciate kind of, you know, the the balls to the wall intensity of it and that, you know, okay, well, obviously we're not we're not trying to appeal to everyone here because there's there's a lot of stuff here that's not gonna make sense, but it just it just didn't work for me. And I and I, I hope that people love it because it is ambitious and it tries to do something different and I'm all for that and I completely appreciate it. It's just it fell flat for me. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm still going. I'm still going to go see it, but I, I, it, it seems like it's, it's, it's extremely polarizing to the point where, I mean, it just seems that people either really, really, really dig it or they just fucking hate it. And so, <laughs> I'll t- I, I'll have to see which side of the fence I'll fall on because you just never know. But. Yeah, I mean, hopefully you really like it, and I'm I'm definitely looking forward to your review for when when you finally check it out because it is it is a one of a kind of movie, you know, for better or worse, you know. I'm glad that I watched it. I I won't see another movie like it this year. Um, and I'm kind of glad for that because it's just it's very intense and it's just very much. But I'm happy that I had the experience of watching it. Yeah, and I mean, that's just the thing is, I, I think even the wine scenes commented where it's like everybody just complains about how there's no original films. Well, we made an original film and nobody saw it. What do you want? Like, And it's true. I mean, everyone complains about how there's too many superhero sequel and remakes, but then original movies don't seem to be doing all that well either, although Flatliners bombed. Yeah, the Sony just kind of gave up on that. It was one of those things where it's just like, I think that, you know, they they kind of, you know, passed the green light on it. And then they kind of saw this whole year of horror that with the exception of it, I mean, all of the, the big hits for horror have been really original creations. And even it, I mean, definitely follows, you know, pieces of the book and piece of the, the, the mini series, but it is very much its own entity. And I think that they're just like, okay, well, you know, we're just going to call this a loss. I mean, after calling, you know, the, the, the Thursday night showing and, you know, at the last minute, just kind of calling those off and, you know, just kind of bumping it to Friday and it's just, okay, well, you know, we're, we're, we're not, we're not going to pump more money into this when we know it's not going to be a hit to be in with. Yeah, that's a shame. I mean, I'll still check it out. I love Ellen Page. So. Yeah, I mean, How bad you know, it's... Story <laughs> <laughs> of our life, yeah. And, yeah, it's just, yeah, that's one of them. Then. Uh, yeah, I'll probably check it out eventually. Uh, so what's the first movie that you want to talk about? Okay, so this was a made-for-TV Lifetime slasher on a, a novel um, by Gretchen McNeil called Ten Murder Island. It's basically teenagers and then there were none. Um, I remember reading the book and thinking, wow, this book could be really kind of cool if they made it a movie. And they did. The only thing is there was no imagination. Um it was very made for TV. It was followed the book to a T. I mean, it just, the stuff that works on page, like dialogue and stuff, it doesn't work in real life. And it just, it, it felt awkward. Plus, I mean, it's supposed to be this big, like heavy storm and they're shooting it in the day and it's clearly daytime and they just add some thunder effects. And the, in the book, I mean, it's like, a hardcore, like, even in the middle of the day, it looks like pitch black storm. So it must have been a budget thing. 
I mean, it was fine, especially for being a made-for-TV movie. I just, I when I read the book, I, I thought it could be better. Yeah, that's a shame when that kind of stuff happens because I mean, made-for-TV. I mean, it definitely has a somewhat of a stigma. I mean, there are kind of movies that kind of you know break out of that. You know, stuff like you know MTV's uh, My Super Psycho Sweet Sixteen, which kind of played with the the slasher formula and had fun with it, um, with also kind of, you know, being bloody and a little bit of gore. But, yeah, especially when you kind of go down that lifetime route, there's, you know, it's too often, more often than not, I think, it's kind of um, checking off the boxes of, like, okay, well, we have this, we have this, we have this, we have this, and just kind of, you know, selling it into a marketable, product as opposed to okay well why is this different than anything else that we put out Mm. so I mean as far as made for TV movies go you can do a lot worse but you can do better I mean I give it a marginal recommend just to watch once because maybe you will really dig it maybe it's just because I read the book before I saw it and I had this whole grand movie mapped out in my brain (laughs) Wait, a grand movie, and I'm using sarcastic quote marks right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is kind of a. I mean, I'll definitely check it out when it's on on Redbox. It sounds, you know, entertaining enough, you know, to at very least have a movie on in the background. But you know, there's something wrong with that. There's no shame, and just you know, okay, well, you might forget it, you know, as soon as you're done with it. But at least you're not bored. You know, that says something in and of itself. Yeah. What's next up on your recently viewed? Okay, well, another recently viewed one for me is another lifetime type thriller slash horror movie. Uh, this came out in 2016. I just watched it last night. Um, it's When the Bow Breaks. Um, it's another kind of Sony, you know, PG-13, you know, the blank from hell. You know, you got Regina Hall in this, and they hire this woman, Um in vitro to have their baby and she becomes obsessed with the husband and wants Regina out of the picture. This is one of the, those movies. The first act, not even the first act, the first 20 minutes is really rough because they're trying really hard to build up these characters and the characters, while they're not bad, they're very formulaic and they're not very interesting. But then about the 20-minute mark um, is when starts, stuff starts getting really good. So if you, if you can get past that first little chunk, um, there's a twist at the end of the first act that goes into the second act where things get really crazy. And then, you know, I, it's just the, the final act of this movie is just great. I mean, if you want, you know, Regina Hall in a car that's, you know, screaming out the window, you know, I'm going to run this crazy bitch down. I mean, that's the kind of finale that you'll get with this movie. Um, so, I mean, by the time it started kind of, you know, turning, turning its wheels and kind of getting into the, the thriller formula, I was totally on board with this. Like I said, the, the beginning is a little rough, but once you kind of dig into the material, uh, I had a blast with this one. This one was a lot more fun than what I was expecting. Oh, good. I'll have to check it out. I've been on the fence of if I wanted to watch it or not. But, I mean, I do love those Blank from Hell movies. I, I'm always down for something cheesy like that. Yeah, and it was kind of fun to see, you know, uh, Regina Hall in kind of a more serious role, but at the same time, um, once it kind of gets into that final act where she's, you know, able to go crazy, she plays it just gleefully over the top. That's just like, you know, I don't care what I have to do. I'm going to kill this bitch and she's not going to be in my life and I'm going to get that baby. Nice. Oh, that could be fun. Okay, yes, that's going in my queue. <laughs> yeah, see, I think they did that. I think I had a lot more fun with it than I was expecting. Oh. Well, that's good. See, I love those kind of movies where you go in with really low expectations and you're happily 
impressed. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you know, if you're going to have a questionable act, the first one's definitely the best one to kind of get off. You know, sometimes, you know, it's hard to get past that, but the, the ending completely sells it. And, yeah, I just, I, I had a blast with it. So, you know, it's just, it's, it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah, maybe I'll watch that tonight after the podcast. Um, next one up that I watched uh, was the sequel to 2014's House of October Built, um, very creatively named The House of October Built Part 2. Uh, it's basically what their whole um, thing is, is they're like, part one was only the first half and it was an intermission not a sequel or something was fine um i kind of dug it but as a disclaimer there's a lot of really cool things like if you look at the backgrounds of all the haunts and everything you can see the characters that are like stalking them just in the background you have to like notice it but the one thing i really like um they filmed like 75 percent of it in minnesota like at the, the oh, haunts nice. in Minnesota, I mean, because we have the haunted basement at the soap factory, we have the the Scream Town, which I've been to, and it's a lot of fun. Um, Dead End Hayride, which I want to go to, uh, the Zombie Pub Crawl. I mean, it's just uh, they they do a whole thing at um, Anoka, which is a Minneapolis suburb, and it's the self-proclaimed Halloween capital of the world. So, I mean, it was just kind of cool to see a lot of that. But I mean, it's it's. If you liked the first one, you'll like the second one because it's basically the same thing. I didn't mind it, but much like the first one, I thought it had a very good buildup, and then it kind of dropped the ball on the ending. I mean, I love the idea of, like, you know, finding extreme Halloween haunts and, you know, just getting on the radar of the most extreme Halloween haunts. Yeah, I mean it's a great it's a great concept for a horror movie, and there's a lot that you can do with that. So that's an interesting twist that they did with the one. So yeah, I'll have to do kind of a, a double feature one of these nights and check them both out. I mean, I think the 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 most um, complaint I have is I don't feel like the found footage aspect works. It would just work as a normal movie, but I totally understand why they do it because it's way easier to film in all the haunts they film in so it it's it doesn't kill me i i was actually impressed with it but i think the second the first one i had such high hopes that um at the least with part two i knew what i was getting myself into Yeah, especially, I mean, at least, you know, with the first one, you know, kind of ending on kind of, you know, a down note um, with a sequel kind of, you know, taking it back up to, you know, what the the, the rest of the original film was, that at least, at least it doesn't kind of play on that down note and just kind of follow it from there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely curious now. Mm-hmm. Do you have more that you watched recently? Because I still have. Uh, yeah. I know. I know we watched one that's the same, but let's go with um, the others. Let's, let's run these down. <laughs> uh, well, the next one on my list, um, this is, I, I quote it as being older, but it came out this year, but it is older because you've watched it, um, I think, a couple of months ago at least. Um, but I finally got a chance to check out The Bye Bye Man. And the the best and the worst thing that I can say about it is that it's thoroughly mediocre. It is not as terrible as what people are saying. Um, in fact, if it would have came out like 10 years ago, I think this would have kind of fit in right with that kind of glut of PG-13 Sony movies. And I would say that if you liked those, there's really no reason why you wouldn't like this. It's stylishly shot. I mean, it's it's well made, but I just this was one of those movies that it's not even that long. It's like, I mean, I watched the the unrated cut, which is like, you know, an hour and forty. But 
I this was one of those films where I thought the movie was almost over, and then I looked at my DVD player, and I was like, it had just hit the hour mark, and I'm just like, where is this going? Because after after the opening scene, and the opening scene is pretty intense, and I'll give them kind of credit for that. And the final act is decent. I mean, it's derivative, but it's fine. But oh god, we we have like an hour of these bland, boring characters walking around this house and trying to figure out the story behind this so-called creature thing. And it's just, it's so by the numbers. I mean, it, it might have made for like a fine, like maybe like a a 30 minutes, like a Tales from the Crypt episode or something like that. But we just stretch this out to the breaking point and they don't they don't do anything new with it. It's just kind of, you know, a by the by the numbers horror movie. And it's it's a shame. I mean, I did like Fade Unaway. She got like a little cameo as kind of, you know, the, the Lynn Shay role and she mm-hmm. kind of, you know, chewed up the scenery for the little bit that she's on screen. But for the rest of the film it's just it's strictly by the numbers. Yeah. Yeah, I think I was a little bit more lenient on it because I was just expecting the worst of the worst. Um, but you're right. There's there's nothing special about it. It's like like across the board, just average. Which, I mean, that is fine. I mean, it has its place in cinema as well, but you're not going to want to go back and see it again unless it was one of those that you watched as a kid. Basically what a lot of the 80s slasher movies were to us because other people are like, oh, they're crap, but we're like, they're the best things ever. (laughs) I could see like a five-year-old now watching that and thinking it was amazing. I hope not, but you never know. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this is the kind of movie that was kind of made for 12-year-old girls, you know, sleepovers. Um, We're going to talk about a movie later on that also falls under this category that I think is much, much, much better than this one. But as it is, it's fine. It's okay. There's nothing ungodly terrible about all the CGI and in parts is pretty awful. But besides that, I mean, it's just, it, it is what it is. I mean, once the movie was done, to get out of my, you know, DVD player to return to Redbox, I mean, I'd pretty much forgotten it pretty much minutes later besides, like, the, the bullet points. But, yeah, this is one of those movies where if you've seen the trailer, you've seen pretty much all the major points of the film, and there's really no reason to watch it unless you're really bored because... It's just uh, it, it's it's a fine time waster, but it's it's nothing more than that. Uh, blah. I watched um, Thirty Years, the complete history of the Garbage Pail Kids. It's not really oh, nice. I throw this really quick. I really really enjoyed it. My only issue is they had some which you might not hate as much as I did, but they had some like early 2000s pop punk band doing all the music. And I was just kind of like, just shut up with this and get back to them talking about the garbage fail kids. That's, that's, that's kind of a weird fit for that considering it kind of hit its, you know, peak in the eighties. I don't know how they would incorporate that in there, but well, yeah, I, I saw that. The whole thing is they're basically like the punk rock. Like they were just like, it was supposed to be like anti-capitalism, anti-consumerism, and then it turned into consumerism. <laughs> like they were doing it to make fun of the everything being sold and sold and sold. Nice. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check this one out. I it just it just hit my radar oh not too long ago. I think within the last week, you know. I, I rem I remember that they were doing a documentary of it because I saw it. It was either on Kickstarter or Indiegogo. It was one of the 
the, the crowdfunding campaigns and then I just kind of lost track of it. And then I saw that our review had popped up on Twitter and I'm like, oh, this movie's finally out. Uh, so yeah, I'll definitely have to check it out because, you know, I was a fan when I was a kid and there's kind of, you know, that massage factor to it. So yeah, it sounds like fun. I'm always, you know, in the mood for, you know, a good, you know, lighthearted uh, documentary that doesn't take itself too seriously. Yeah, and it doesn't. Um, but yeah, other than that, how many more do you have to go Because I've got two and then our our combined one. Yep, I have two and then our combined one too. Sweet. You want to hit it up? Okay, so this next one that I watched, um, this is another new one. It just hit theaters last week, the week before that. Um, it's a friend request, and it is not good. And when I say it's not good, I mean it's really, really, really awful. <laughs> oh, yeah, see, and I watched it, and I didn't hate it. But, I mean, again, subjective. So maybe it's just the kind of movie I did not, I did not think it should have gotten. Uh, a theatrical release. There was nothing about it that screamed theatrical release. I think they were trying to um, capital, like, oh, well, 47 meters down, you know, did really big business and it was leaked online over a year ago. But I think the only difference is, is yeah, and I haven't seen 47 meters down yet, so I can't, but from everything I've heard, 47 meters down is a good movie. Friend Request is a bad movie. I had a good time with it, but I know it's a bad movie. <laughs> Yeah, and I can understand having a good time with it. Uh, I think that my problem with it was, I think I might have liked this movie a lot better had it come out before Unfriended, because watching this after Unfriended, um, well, number one, you kind of see kind of the the gaping flaws, both story and character-wise, but two, you know, I just kept saying to myself, like, you know, you had 10 times the budget that Unfriended had, and they used real websites. And it's just, there, there's moments of this that I kind of liked that there was ridiculousness, um, you know, with like the pop-ups up on screen. And, you know, when her friends are dying, you know, you see like her, her, her friend list, like her, the, the number of friends kind of, you know, go down and, and I kind of dug that, and but then there's kind of this final act that it gets into this other area that I'm just like, this doesn't make any sense at all. And I just kind of, I kind of gave up trying. <laughs> there, there's this hilarious moment early on where, you know, they're, they're talking about, you know, this girl, and they're like, oh, well, yeah, didn't you know she committed suicide last night? And then there's like this pause and they're like, well, but they didn't find the body. And it's just like, well, how do you know that she committed suicide then? And, you know, that's kind of a, a final thing. And if you don't have a body, you can't really make that kind of mm-hmm. declaration. And there, there's moments no. like that throughout here where I kind of enjoyed the ridiculousness of it. And I think that I, I definitely see how you know, somebody could like this and, and have a good time with it. Um, I think that with me, I just, I might've just watched at the wrong point where I was just, you know, this is one of those movies where you really have to kind of keep your, your guard down and just kind of, you know, turn off your um, skepticism right. and just kind of roll with a plot and just kind of go wherever it's going to take you. And there was too much in that kind of first act where I'm just like, wait, no, that doesn't make sense. Or that person wouldn't do that. And I think that that kind of, you know, ended up steamrolling for me where I was just like, oh, this movie's just kind of getting on my nerves. But I I will say that I wasn't bored. And I mean, there's some interesting moments throughout here and there's some, there's some fun dialogue. Um, I the, the, twi- the twist at the very end is so hilariously stupid that I don't know how it how they could play it off that it, this would happen but and I I won't say what the spoiler is but w- w- once once they showed her, her name on Facebook I like laughed a lot it was like the funniest thing ever but 
yeah, going with those basic shins, you might have a really good time with this. It's it's uber cheesy and it's just so over the top and just kind of dumb. And but it's one of those movies that, like, as I'm talking about it right now, I'm just like, I kind of want to watch it again, even though I didn't like it at all. So take that for what it is. <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about. Like, I was just like, when it was over, I was like, oh, God, that was bad. But I kind of want to watch it again. But is it because it was bad or because it was good? I'm like, I, maybe I had fun with it. Like, <laughs> okay, so I'm yeah, crazy. I mean, I am crazy. I know at all. Like, like, I was just kind of, you know, I like I said, I wasn't bored. And the story is just kind of so ridiculous. I mean, it, it was like it was written by a 50-year-old that was maybe on Facebook once and just kind of had to kind of grasp and kind of, you know, you know, just kind of grasp a straws to what, what was that? A German 50-year-old because it was a German <laughs> South African. So that could also be a big problem with it is because it's foreigners being like, oh, we'll be trendy in America or something. I don't know. I'm sorry if I just offended anyone with that horrible accent. That was like nothing. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it just, it seems like it was just, it was a lot of people that were way older than the characters thinking, oh, well, how hard can it be to write teenagers? And it's hard. I liked, I liked a fair amount of the cast. So that could be it, but yeah, it, it, it by no means when I when I recommend it, I will never ever say it's a good movie. I'll say it's it's ludicrous and kind of fun. It's a popcorn movie, but don't watch it if you want something serious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there's a moment kind of early on that they they kind of play off that's like, okay, well, you know, she's this college student and she's going to write this thesis paper on internet obsession disorder and I'm just like okay well I'm like you know that that's very vague you know is it are people addicted to porn are people addicted to social media are they addicted to you know a certain type of culture I'm just like that it's so and and I think that that's kind of what makes this movie almost charming is the fact that None of it makes sense, and I just I nope. didn't really know what they were trying to, because throughout throughout this whole thing, um, they they try to play it as a, a, a slasher kind of with a supernatural twist, and then towards the end they kind of get away from this supernatural completely, and then they kind of doubt delve into you know a very typical um, slasher final act, and then you get this ending this last like two minutes that kind of goes back to the supernatural where you're just like okay well how did that happen with this and yeah it's it's an interesting film and i would say that if, if you if it sounds like something that you think that you'll enjoy uh by all means check it out because it's it's not boring it's very entertaining it's just it's very silly and over the top and that'll either be, you know, a, a dumb downfall for you or you'll just kind of, you know, love it and just kind of dig right in. Mm-hmm. Oh, friend request. Another one um, <laughs> that I am going to talk about is um, it just came out last week on uh, digital streaming. I rented it off of Amazon. It stars Rose McGowan, who I can do no wrong. Um, it is called The Sound, and she plays, like, a, she's an author who debunks paranormal sightings by using um, low-frequency sound waves to try and find out what it is, because I guess sound waves can cause hallucinations and vibrations and stuff. And she ends up in Toronto at this abandoned subway station. Um, setup is really good. I like the actors in it. Um, the subway station is a cool location. It just kind of, you can tell it's low budget, and I feel like that hurt it because there's some shoddy CGI in the end is kind of like, oh, but Rose McGowan gives a great performance. And, you know, it's not bad. There's some there's some interesting stuff in it. It's just I wanted it to be a little bit better. 
Yeah, it's kind of like they had all the pieces, but they just didn't know what they wanted to do with it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, that can be frustrating because that, that's a very good concept for a movie. And, yeah, it's, you know, great to see, you know, another, you know, 90s iconic actress back, you know, in, in a leading role, especially, like, back to, like, the horror genre. But, yeah, I, I'll probably get a box in it because it, it sounds interesting enough. I'll just, you know, have to remember to temper my expectation. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, other than that, I've, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, I just have one more before our duo one. Um, I went to see Tuesday night, the the one night screening um, that they've now added into two nights because they're playing it again this week. Um, Jeepers Creepers 3. First of all, I'm not going to kind of get into like the, the controversy behind this, um, you know, it, it it is what it is, and I'm not gonna you know if if you decide to not see this movie because of it, more power to you. I'm not gonna hold anyone against that. I mean you know we can all make our own decisions as adults, um, but that's kind of you know it is what it is, and I'm not really gonna get into that. So that's not gonna play a part of my review. Um, but my review is the movie's just really bad, and it. It, you know, I've seen a lot of hate for it, and a lot of um, all of a sudden, I, I guess this is kind of the 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 counterculture of what we were talking about before, where you know you kind of always have those haters, but then you also have like these movies that come out that um, people vehemently hate that you'll have like these you know huge defenders of that come out of nowhere and I've I've seen that kind of with this one. Um but yeah, there there's some defense over okay, well, you know, it was much lower budget than the other two and that's true. I mean they only had two million dollars to make this movie. Um it's great that Meg Foster got a decent sized role in this. But oh God, um I mean we we start out with this movie with, you know, these cops and they're, they're investigating, you know, this, the, the creeper's truck. And, you know, you see like all these booby traps and the booby traps like within the truck are actually really cool. They kind of play off as like a a final destination. Like, okay, well, you don't know what this lever is going to do and where this is going to take you. And I thought that was an interesting twist to the series. Um, but that's really kind of the only thing that this movie adds. You have these cops that are that are after the creeper and really bad, really really bad at acting with a really bad dialogue. Where I mean, pretty much you know the first 15 minutes of this movie, that's you know the cops. It's a lot of screaming and yelling of dialogue to convey emotion, which just kind of gave me a headache right away. And then we get into Nick Foster's character, and she's this kind of, you know, old, well, not old, but older grandma who lives in this farm that's kind of falling apart. They don't have any money. It's just her and her granddaughter. And, like, every night she goes out to, like, this, you know, this this hill. She talks to her dead son who was killed by the creeper 27 years ago, and he's, like, a ghost that no one else can see but her. And he reveals that, oh, like, that he took part of, you know, the, the the creeper and buried it, and she goes to find it, and we find out that the creeper's after this thing that is a part of him that if you touch it, you can see what the, the creeper is made of and what he's after. Well, if you want to know what that is, um, the movie's not going to tell you. Um, and... There's like three different oh, scenes after the, after the people say like, like, you know, you have these big hallucinations, you don't see any of it. And it's a lot of dialogue that's like, oh, well, it, it's too frightening. Like you wouldn't understand. And this is going to be a spoiler. I'm going to warn you right now. So don't listen to like the last minute, but towards the end of this movie, um, I, I'm sorry that I'm going to give this away, but uh, I just kind of have to. So um, she, she thought it's the creeper's arm and, and but he's looking for it and the creeper is running out in the woods and he sees this, this paper on the ground 
that just says, we know what you're made of and with the arm. And then he just, he crumples the arm with his hands and the movie ends. And that's it. Um, besides the little cameo at the very end uh, that we get a Trish from the first film where she does the voiceover and she kind of brings into what might be happening if there's a fourth one, which I will not be watching because I didn't like this one at all. <laughs> oh, that sounds bad. Yeah, yeah no, it's... I'm, I'm, I'm excited to hear that um, Meg Foster has a decent-sized role, but much like 31... She deserves better. <laughs> she's a much better actress than these shit parts in movies that she's given. I haven't seen Jeepers Creepers 3, but I mean, that's kind of enough. But, um, ow, that's, oh, don't, don't you worry. I've got a, a follow up to that review with one that I was extremely disappointed in. <laughs> but now I know that oh, I don't to see Jeepers Creepers. <laughs> Oh, and the other thing, too, this is a kind of minor spoiler, but not really when you consider that all three of these movies take place pretty much like within the same time period. Um, towards the end of this film, you have this main boy that is all of a sudden you find out that he's like this all-star basketball champion. And it comes out of nowhere and he gets on the bus, which is in the second one. And first of all, it's an obvious final station five ripoff. Second of all, um, have have they seen the second one? Because nobody on this bus knows what this thing is. Wouldn't this guy be like, oh hey, guess what? I just dealt with this last night. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. No. No, thank you. Yeah, I'm going to So I, I apologize for the spoiler, but I just kind of had to get out my rage of that. <laughs> well, let's let's go into my rage-fueled Leatherface 2017 review. Now, so here's how I feel about Leatherface. Completely unnecessary. It seems like it's a devil's reject knockoff that they shoehorned Leatherface into the last five minutes. Um, the acting is fine. The visuals make it look like it's from 2004. It's very music video-esque. It looks cheap. The characters are all kind of bland. There's supposed to be this big twist as, which one's Leatherface? Fuck you know. Um, I, it, it, it was a piece of shit. And I just, just really got angry about it. It's just who was clamoring for yet another Texas Chainsaw prequel? Can I ask? Because we already kind of covered that with the beginning, and that sucked too. I mean, why, why, why? Ugh, I can't. It makes me angry. Lily Taylor does a good job. Yeah, she's been kind of the the reason that I've been wanting to kind of check it out. Um, yeah, and then it just kind of got bumped around, and then it just kind of you know got thrown onto VOD, and I was just like, wow, I don't know how I feel about this. Uh, this is you know really weird year. Um, you know, if somebody would have told me like a year and a half ago that. Fred Request would be opening in like 2,500 theaters and Leatherface would be going directed to VOD. I probably would have like laughed at them. Um, but it, this has just been a very unpredictable year when it's come to horror in general. I mean, the same thing could happen with the It phenomenon. Um, I would have never, ever, ever expected it to make, you know, over $500 million worldwide. And it's back at number one this weekend. Um, it fell last weekend, but it's yeah, back at number one this week. And, I mean, this has been a very unpredictable year in general, but when it's come to horror, yeah, it's been very interesting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, as we go into our last that we both have seen, I mean, 
I don't even have know if we have time for our prequel discussion. We might have to do that next week. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, let's do that next week. We'll kind of um, we'll we'll kind of you know subside from our rant from the two bad prequels that we watch, and we can kind of talk about other bad prequels as well as um, prequels that might work, good, good, um, good especially the fact that. Um, neither one of us has seen Cult of Chucky, and I've been trying to steer away from any kind of spoilers, so I don't know if that's possibly going to fit in there, but I know for sure, I mean, I'm willing to bet that we'll both watch it by next week, so we'll be able to talk about that as well. Yeah, um, big shout out to all the people that have blocked everything on Tumblr from the leaked copy, spoiling huge scenes for everybody else. Way to go, guys. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's just ridiculous. You know, it, I know that it leaked, and I, I'm I'm not, you know, obviously, you know, being a filmmaker, I'm not a fan of that, but uh, don't ruin it for everyone else if they decide to, you know, hey, like, I'm actually going to wait for an official release, which, you know, I did, and, you know, I'm just like, no, I don't want to, you know, I can wait a couple days. I ordered it on Amazon. I'll get it, you know, Tuesday in the mail, and I'm fine with that. It's okay. Uh, we kind of have to learn patience, and that is that is a shame when, you know, we have to be like, okay, well, I saw this, and I'm going to share it with everyone, and it doesn't matter because I've already seen it, so that's all that counts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it kind of, it, it does suck. I Watching movies before the release date, I've done it. I know a lot of people that have done it. It's not like an end all be all I just don't spoil it for other people like cameos um, plot twists everything is all up on tumblr already and I don't know why people feel the need I remember when I got cherry falls on blu-ray and I posted it on instagram and immediately somebody was just like oh uh, this person's the killer and I'm like why 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 would you tell me that like I already knew but what what happiness do other people get from just completely just giving up everything from a movie why do people also need to search for everything from a movie I don't want to know everything about it but that's my rant no, I, I totally agree with you there and yeah it's really kind of a shame when that happens um, but yeah, we still have like, you know, like five minutes left. So that's enough time to talk about our last movie, which we just shot, saw this last week. Um, Worship Upon is now available on demand, uh, VOD, the unrated cut. I haven't seen the PG-13 version, so I don't know what's different. Um, I mean, this movie didn't seem um, extraordinarily bloody or, I mean, there wasn't really any kind of, you know, major... Uh, uh, dialogue. Um, so I can't imagine that there's a ton of stuff difference between the two, but I can't judge either way because I've only seen the one version. Um, but yeah, this one was I fun. Cool. I had such a good time with them. Yeah. Um, again, I, I went in with extremely low expectations, but I mean, there's there's enough kind of horror cred because, you know, you've got Joey King from The Conjuring, and then Barb from Stranger Things, Ryan Phillippe from An Air You Did Last Summer, Elizabeth Rom from the first couple seasons of Angel, Sherilyn Finn from Twin Peaks. Um, one of my personal favorites was Alice Lee, who plays the lead boy's cousin who knows ancient Chinese. She was Heather Duke in Heather's The Musical off-Broadway, and so I was very excited to see that. Um, and you're right. It was it was fun. I, I I had a good time. Again, popcorn movie. There's not. It's not going to change the world. We've seen it before. It's just another variation of the monkey's paw. It's just fun. I did have some issues where it's just like, how are you supposed to root for our lead character when she just blatantly knows that something bad's going to happen when she wishes, but she keeps wishing. But like when I talk to you about it, she's a teenager. Of course, she's going to do that. So, I mean, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, the unrated cut, I feel like a lot of it was gore, um, especially, uh, I think the, the scalping is one of them, but I don't know. 
Yeah, the scalping team was the one that I knew from the other ten. Um, I'm sure too that there was probably some extra frames of the elevator death as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, um, again, and that's what happens when I go in with zero expectations is I can find something because it is it, it's it's adequately acted. It is shot decent. Um, there's some cool stuff in it. It's it's a it's. Catch it on sci-fi at two in the afternoon and you'll probably be like, oh, that wasn't that bad. Yeah, this this movie, it felt such to me like a blast from the past late 90s slasher. Um, this was one of the first movies that I can remember in a long, long time. And I mean a long, long time that actually had a soundtrack. It was weird have, watching a horror movie now where you kind of had a pop song playing over every other scene, which in the late 90s was completely normal. Um, nowadays, you might have one or two little little, little moments throughout, um, but that was kind of a, a blast in the past, and you kind of have this very on-the-nose kind of final theme song playing over the end credits that's very funny, and I give them credit, too, for... I, I, I won't I won't give away what the ending is, but it's very, very, very much uh, a Tales from the Crypt type ending. And I give them credit for going down that direction and being as dark as what they did with it, especially in the fact that this movie was released as a PG-13. And for most PG-13 horror movies, you don't kind of have that sort of finale um, but once it kind of played into that and, you know, kind of, you know, started to, to turn its wheels. Yeah, you're right. Not, not, not a whole lot of this makes sense. You know, obviously, you know, you, you have, you know, this friend that, you know, can read this and, oh yeah, my cousin knows this. And I mean, it's, it's just very convenient, but by this point you're either with the movie or you're not. And this movie, like you said, like it's very much, you know, the, the monkey's paw type story, like the monkey's paw kind of mixed with a tamer um, Final Destination sequel. But if that sounds interesting to you, you'll probably have a really good time with it. And it's, it's short and sweet and to the point. It's barely 90 minutes long. Um, it doesn't kind of give you time to um, get bored. And two, I mean, once it's over, you're trying to, you know, piece together, you're like, okay, well, this doesn't really make sense. And some of the, some of the wishes, you're just like, okay, well, just like, especially like the first wish, which the, the wording is very weird that I'm like, I, I don't know if she'd say it like that, but obviously you have to play it into how you would manifest that as a wish. But I just, I went along with it. I had a really good time and I was, I was pleasantly surprised by, by how much I was entertained by this. It's, especially for the fact that, you know, like I mentioned with Bye Bye Man, it's it's very much, you know, a slumber party type horror movie. And I'm well out of that demographic. And it's still completely entertained me. So I could imagine, you know, if I were, you know, 15 years younger, I probably would have absolutely ate this up because this is totally my kind of thing. And I still even liked it as an adult. So, you know, take that for what it is. Well, and see, I think the, the, the thing that Wish Upon had over Bye Bye Man is the, the, you like the characters. I mean, her friend, um, the really obnoxious one, she kind of got on my nerves because I was like, God, she's such a bitch. But other than that, I mean, they were all decent issues, but they were teenagers um, and they were just they were easier their stories were more interesting than the three people in the Bye Bye Man. Yeah, and I mean, this movie kind of also, um, you know, not only that, but it's, you know, this movie kind of adds to that additional twist that's like, okay, well, you know, for every wish that she makes, you know, somebody that she knows or possibly somebody else is going to end up dying. And you're trying to figure out there's some red herrings along the way of like, okay, well, this person's going to get it next because of this wish and just kind of, you know, piecing it together. And I know I, I was like counting on my fingers to try to figure out like how many wishes she had left. And it was just, it was, it was fun, mindless entertainment. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to, this isn't going to be one of those movies that, you know, I, I scream from like the rooftops, but 
I will say that for the movie that this wants to be, it's exactly that kind of movie and more power to them because it's thoroughly entertaining. And I just, I, I had a, more fun with it than what I was expecting. That's how I feel. Awesome. So yeah, so, yeah we got through a lot of movies this week. <laughs> Yeah, we'll be back next week with uh, more movies, especially if you're doing your um, new horror movie a day uh, to keep up on that that challenge. And I'll hopefully you'll be watching some new ones. Well, we'll be talking about Cult of Chucky as well, as well as um, the do's and don'ts of prequels. But yeah, until next week, uh, have a horror-filled week. Yeah, definitely. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Better <laughs> pipes.